You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Whoops, that strides forward. Forward. Hello and welcome to Strides Behind the Mic. These are episodes put out by the Strides Forward team to give you a look behind the scenes at Strides Forward about what's coming up. I'll give you some updates on what's going on in my running journey. I am Sheree Louise Turner, the host and producer of these episodes. And I will also share listener stories. I love these listener stories, and I'm so excited that women continue to send them in, and I encourage you to send in your listener story. You can find all the information about what I'm looking for and how to submit your story on the website, stridesforwardpodcast.com. And I, of course, will include a link in the show notes about what you need to do to have your story featured on these Strides Behind the Mic episodes. So please stay tuned for that. First up, I wanted to let you know what you can expect to see next in your feed. And the next story you're going to see is going to be about Nicole Pinto. For those of you who have listened to the Roads to Boston series, you'll recognize Nicole's name because she was one of our featured runners. And you will also know that at the end of the series, she surprised everybody by announcing that she was pregnant. So I was so curious to go back and get the whole story. So her episode focuses on her training for the Boston Marathon while pregnant, and then of course running the marathon while pregnant. It's a great story. And this is actually a two-parter. We're going to follow up with Nicole in a few months because she is getting back to running. I know she has a half marathon on her schedule for November, so we are going to find out in part two what the postpartum journey has been for her. So you can look forward to that as well. And after Nicole, we have Verity Breen. Verity has been running for a long, long time. She was an elite level triathlete in her younger days, and she switched over to distance running and became an elite level marathoner. So we're going to hear all about that journey and also her journey transitioning at the age of 55 into an ultra runner and pursuing that in a competitive way. So we get into all of it with her journey, including touching on ageism and how she is processing that and moving forward and quite frankly, just totally crushing it. So yeah, so that is going to be a great episode as well. And I'll just touch on one more episode that you can expect, and that is featuring Erica Stanley Doughton. We touch on her whole running journey, starting with how she was a track athlete in her younger years and how she transitioned into becoming a long distance runner as an adult with a focus on the marathon. And at age 48, the mother of two children, she is looking to break three hours in the marathon. She has come very, very close. I have no doubt that she will do this in the very near future. And for Erica, that fulfills two goals. One is to just meet this milestone of breaking three hours, which is a huge accomplishment for any woman marathoner. And meeting that goal will also add her name to the list. And the list is American-born Black women who have broken three hours in the marathon. Currently, there are only 24 women on that list which to me is a shockingly low number, but we are seeing more and more American-born Black women running the marathon and running it very fast. 
So her story is about personal goals and also about representation. And so we get into all of that. There's also a neat connection between her track running and her being involved with the great documentary Sisters on Track. So there's a fun connection there too. And yeah, it's a great story. So stay tuned for all of those. Lots to look forward to in our regular episodes. The other thing I wanted to acknowledge is that this last Sunday, we celebrated Juneteenth and we had a federal holiday on the Monday. And while we celebrate emancipation, we also want to reflect on the work that there still is to do to dismantle structural racism and the vast inequities that remain, especially as concerns Black American women. We here at Strides Forward, of course, believe in the power of stories and the importance of lifting up stories from the past that have been undertold, overlooked, or hidden, as well as lifting up stories of today that help us all have a better appreciation and understanding of our world from the many perspectives that surround us. And we believe that raising up voices gives us all a greater richness of experience and understanding of each other. And so in honor of Juneteenth, I wanted to shine the light on some stories that I really like that come from the running world, featuring contributions of Black women runners. So I wanted to recommend the following, and certainly this is not an exhaustive list. There's Temple's Tiger Bells by Dwight Lewis and Susan Thomas. There's also Tiger Bell, the Wyoming Tias story by Wyoming Tias and Elizabeth Terzakis. Soon to be coming out, which is available for pre-order through Penguin Random House, there's Running While Black by Allison Marielle Desir. I also recommend The Black Sportswoman. In among the many stories that are in there, there are some great stories about women from the running community. And that is a website and a newsletter by Bria Felician. And I wanted to highlight the documentary. There's also a book, uh, but I have just watched the documentary so far, and it is Olympic Pride, American Prejudice, and it is by Deborah Riley Draper. And finally, I'll recommend A Spectacular Leap by Jennifer Lansbury. And of course, I will link all those in the show notes. They're all really great stories, and I highly recommend that you watch or read them. And before I get to the listener stories, which I continue to just be so thrilled about, I wanted to give a little update about my own running journey. I have been working on a lot of speed training. I've been doing some track racing again because the outdoor season is upon us. And I continue to really enjoy these short, fast workouts and weight training. I've been doing a little more yoga, which I think is critically important to recovery and my mental and emotional well-being. But I am now starting to transition into comrades training. I am running the Comrades Marathon, which is actually 56 miles. It will take place at the end of August in South Africa. I have never run this far in my life. I will fully admit to being both really, really excited and also very nervous. But the one thing that I have decided to keep with is is limiting the number of miles I'm running, making my long efforts count, but not making them too long. I am still following the advice of Dr. Stacy Sims, who recommends that long training days be every 10 days to two weeks, and that we do keep up with weight training and with sprint workouts. So I will continue to be doing that. And again, it will be an experiment. I hope it all works out well. I feel very confident. I have gotten in some long efforts already. The first couple are always a bit challenging because I am not used to being on my feet for three hours. I hadn't done a long effort since the Boston Marathon back in April. 
And so I'm slowly working into it and doing lots of up and down because the Comrades Marathon has no flats. And so there's a lot of climbing. There's a huge amount of descending. And so I'm just very excited to get that journey started. And so far, so good. I will keep you posted on that. And now, of course, last but not least, I want to move on to listener stories. First up, we hear from Jenna Spinelli. Jenna is a podcasting friend of mine, but she is also a runner. She is the host and producer of Democracy Works, and that is a podcast that talks about democracy in our society. And most recently, she launched a really great podcast that she is the host and producer of as well, and it is called When the People Decide. And it is a narrative podcast about ballot initiatives. It is uplifting and informative, and it is hopeful. And I really hope you give it a listen. So again, that's when the people decide. But this story, of course, is about Jenna's running, and I will let her take it from here. My name is Jenna Spinelli. I've been running for about 10 years, and I live in State College, Pennsylvania. Like a lot of the Northeast, uh, Pennsylvania has had a very rainy, sort of cold, often on spring season, which has made it difficult to get in longer runs outside. One Friday morning, a couple weeks ago, I set out to do eight miles starting at around 6.30 a.m., I did not look closely at the weather forecast before I got in the car to go to the start of my route and got about a mile in before I started to hear thunder and see lightning and, you know, the rain really started to pick up. Um, Thunderstorms in my area are not common at at this time of the morning, so it's not even really something I typically look for. But thankfully, I was um, at that point about a half a mile from the YMCA, which is where I run on the treadmill and do other kinds of workouts as well. So I literally changed my route to run to the YMCA through the door and onto the treadmill to complete six miles of my workout and then got off the treadmill. By the time I I finished those six miles, the storm had passed and I was able to run the other mile back to my car. I got a couple of odd looks uh, from the people at the front desk of the Y as I sort of went jogging in and, you know, swiped my key tag on my way through and sort of got right on the treadmill and and kept going. It was not the most ideal way to run eight miles, having six of them be on the treadmill. Uh, But I've grown to become one with the treadmill, I think, uh, especially over this winter and spring when it has been so cold and rainy. So by the time I I got back to my car, I ended feeling I don't know, kind of proud of myself for for keeping going and not just, you know, abandoning my plan to do eight miles and saying, I'll get to it some other time. And that is something that I definitely would have done uh, in the past. But uh, I thought about I couldn't really do that in a race. I couldn't just stop and say, oh, no, thanks. I'm going to you know, finish this later. One of the things I've really been working on is finding that determination to keep going and keep moving forward with the things that I'm doing or with the things I'm working on, even if it gets hard or there are unexpected obstacles in the way. So uh, I was really proud of myself for thinking on my feet and for, you know, overcoming this obstacle that was in my way when the thunderstorms came up. And I think it just goes to show that the memorable moments on runs don't always happen in the big races. It's sometimes those training runs that end up being the most memorable after all. Uh, Thank you so much, Jenna, for sharing that story. I am so thrilled to get to feature you on Strides Behind the Mic. 
Next up, we have Tiffany Chenault. Tiffany is a runner in the Boston area, and she has a great project that she's been working on for quite some time. It got derailed a bit because of COVID, but she is running a half marathon in every single state. So that's 50 half marathons in all 50 states. She is well on her way to completing that goal. She is up to number 49, so she only has one more to do. And she has been writing about her experiences on her blog, Run I C. 50, and that's R-U-N, the letter I-S-E-E-5-0.com. So you can follow her there and read all about her experiences. She will be turning that into a book once she is all done with this. And she brings her own unique perspective of being a sociology professor. So she has an academic look at her experiences there, as well as being an African-American woman. And in this clip, she's going to tell us a little bit about some of those experiences. So I'm running a half marathon in every state and each state is so unique and so special and I don't have a favorite one, but each has been its own journey. So for example, in Detroit or Michigan, I ran the the Detroit Free Press half marathon and there's something to be said about a 7 a.m. race and you start off mile one, running over, I believe it's the Detroit Bridge into Canada, going over the river, the sun is is coming up and that's how you start. That was just breathtaking. You run a little bit in Canada and then you come back going through the tunnel. I mean, that was kind of unique within itself, but you know, races like that are races like when I ran in West Virginia, the Harpoon Ferries Half Marathon, and talk about hills, the rolling hills of West Virginia. Yeah, that race had a lot of cursing, a lot of cursing, because who at mile 12 says, let's go uphill. You're going to go uphill until you can't, and then you're done. That was just cruel. Or when I ran in Kentucky, and it was the uh, Kentucky Derby Marathon, a mini marathon, I mean, that was, for me, the perfect urban race, sort of running throughout the city. And we even ran in Churchill Downs and ran around the track a bit as horses were, I guess, exercising. And then you you run along the Ohio River. I mean, that was just fabulous. But my recent race, um, State 48 in Idaho at uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, you're running around the lake and the mountains, and that's that's your view. I mean, that is your view. In State 49, the Grand Teton Half Marathon in Wyoming, the Grand Tetons were my backdrop as we ran uh, along the highway. So it's just, I've got so many amazing stories of so many interesting races. Like, I don't think I can just name them all but each of them have been awe-inspiring in their own unique way. And each of them is a way of actually seeing this country in places that I never thought that I would visit. And I think that to me is, is what motivates me. And I think that to me is what's all inspiring. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for sharing those experiences. And Tiffany actually sent in two stories. So you're going to hear from her again because I liked them both. And so I didn't want to play them both in a row, but I will be playing another one of her stories on another episode of Strides Behind the Mic. So yes, thank you so much, Tiffany, for both of those and something for everyone to look forward to. 
Next up, we have listener Sophie Ruffles. She is based in Bristol, and she's going to mention her park run in here. So I wanted to mention that her local park run is the Eastville Park Run. She is also the host of a podcast, uh, which I didn't find out until after she sent in her story, which I was so thrilled about. And so she is the host of What Next Mum podcast. And in each episode of her podcast, she talks to active and inspiring moms about life before they had children, staying active during pregnancy, and how things have changed after pregnancy. So I urge you to give that a listen as well. And this is a really nice story that actually has to do with pregnancy. And so I will let Sophie take it from here. I went out for my first postpartum run um, and it felt amazing. My baby is only eight weeks old and although the physio told me not to run until 12 weeks, I felt pretty confident that I'd done enough core work and everything else that my pelvic floor should hold up and the run would feel good. And oh, It really, really did. So it's been 10 weeks since my last run. I ran my last run when I was 34 weeks pregnant and I did my 100th park run, which was awesome. Um, and it was a lovely thing to be able to do, but I really, really missed running. Walking, swimming, nothing else really seems to scratch the itch for getting outside and being energetic. Um, and I was really good with my run. I looked at the couch to 5k app, and although I don't want to start a week one because I think my fitness is pretty good. I've been running for upwards of 10 years. Um, I started on week five, so five minutes of walking and, um, and then five minutes of running and three minutes of walking. And actually having walking breaks was really, really good. It was good to catch my breath. Obviously, I have lost some fitness. Um, but it also gave me time during the runs to think about my form because when you're pregnant, you take shorter strides and obviously your, your centre of gravity is different. So coming back to running postpartum, you have to sort of think about your form a bit more. And in the couch to 5K and taking walking breaks is giving me time to do that. But generally, really, it's just a headspace. Half an hour away from my family and half an hour on my own, just being able to get back to the old me is pretty awesome. Um, I don't think really you can beat it, to be honest. And I'm already starting to think about my running goals. So maybe another ultra next year, um, a half marathon in September. I'm running the virtual London Marathon in October. And just generally enjoying running and enjoying the headspace and being on my own because being a mum is brilliant, but it's sodding hard. Um, and nothing makes you feel better and more ready to cope with the tears, the tantrums and the feeding and everything else than um, a bit of time alone, a bit of headspace. Um, and I also find that even when I'm really, really tired, running energises me, which sounds a bit counterintuitive, but it does work. Um, and so my run today was just a little sort of two or three miles around a local nature reserve. But it's one I haven't been to for a while because I haven't been running and it was really lovely to still smell the wild garlic lingering in the air and all the families out enjoying the trail and just the different lights and the leaves. Um, it's always lovely running a local trail all year round because you get to see how it changes and you have a different relationship with it depending on the time of year and where you're at in terms of your fitness. So really, really joyful run. Um, and long way it continues. Thanks again so much, Sophie, for sending that in. And I did want to mention that she had, you know, she said that she had her 100th park run, which is a big celebration. Anybody who is a park runner out there uh, will know that this is a big milestone in the park running community. And I wanted to chime in and say that I also had my 100th park run recently at my home park run at Jamaica Pond. So thanks, Jamaica Pond Park Run. I have also racked up some of my park runs at my other local park run, which is at Dennehy Park. 
And in there, there are lots of park runs that have contributed to my 100, including my former home park run, which was in Ballincollig in Ireland, and my very first home park run at Chrissy Field in San Francisco, uh, which unfortunately that park run doesn't exist anymore, but it was quite fun while it was there. And I had also heard from runner Louise Watts uh, over in the UK, and she also had her 100th park run on the same day that I did. So that was very exciting to hear from her. And for anybody who doesn't know about Parkrun, I'm going to put some links in the show notes about Parkrun. I will not go on about how great I think Parkrun is, but it is a really wonderful weekly 5K. They're free. They're all volunteer run. You just sign up online, you bring a barcode, and you can go to any park run in the world. And I would absolutely encourage you to find a local park run if there is indeed one near you. Of course, they're not absolutely everywhere in the world. But um, but if you have a chance, I would encourage you to go participate in a park run because they are really, really wonderful and welcoming. And they're welcoming to all levels of runners, whatever pace you want to do. Dogs, kids, anybody can come. Some people run very, very fast. Some people walk. And everybody is welcome. So I just, I love what they're all about. And I'll leave you on that note. Again, please send in your listener stories. Uh, you can find all of the information. I'll include it in the show notes. You can find it on the website. And I talk about it a lot on social media too. So there are lots of different ways to find out how to submit your story. Basically, all I'm asking is that you talk into your recorder on your phone to one to three minutes. Tell me about a recent run that has kind of stuck with you, that had some memorable moments to it. And send it on in to me. You can email it. We have a form on the website. Any way you want to get it to me is great. And we'd love to play them on these Strides Behind the Mic episodes. So thank you once again. We have some great episodes coming up. Stay tuned for those. They're coming soon. And until then, this is Sheree wishing you healthy, joyful Strides Forward. Strides Forward. Forward. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 